We've got uh, Mike Moffat joining us now, and uh, Mike is uh, the an economist and the founding director of the Place Center at the Smart Prosperity Institute, and has written a very interesting series of tweets. That's the form I saw it in anyway, Mike, but thanks for joining us this morning. Good, good morning and Happy New Year. No, Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. So I, I thought your your uh, article or the way I read it was a series of tweets was just so right on in terms of what uh, stops us from, you know, being an even bigger success. But I want to start positive before we get to some of the things that afflict us as uh, Canadians in our DNA and our governments, which is that, you know, you start the article that I read by saying, look, overall, we're in pretty good shape and that most countries, to quote, you would trade our problems for theirs in a heartbeat. Uh, talk about that a bit, because we read about debt crises. We talk about uh, you know, that we're not creating enough value-added jobs and all things that I think we will discuss that are probably true, but you're certainly not a doomsday uh, person overall. Yeah, no, uh, not at all. That Yes, you know, we, we have debt issues, but uh, other countries have larger debts. Uh, you know, we have issues uh, with, with demographics, you know, the uh, retiring of the baby boomers and labor shortages. But, you know, other countries are, are feeling that acutely. And I always feel a little bit guilty. I, I have Ukrainian in-laws. So, you know, being here in Canada where we're all kind of safe and comfortable, it always... I always feel a little bit guilty when I kind of rag on my own country, knowing you know how much uh, more difficult things are uh, in places overseas. Now, before we get to some of the, I'll call them almost attributes or behavioral things that we do, which I think you're so right on about in your uh, in your paper. Um, I do think we're we're not spending enough time talking about the economy. I was uh, participating in an immigration debate at the CD Howe Institute a couple of weeks ago, and I said then and there, you know, I didn't believe that the problem was the number of people we're admitting to the country, but rather the lack of time that we're spending making sure that we have value-added jobs created in order to employ those people in, in, in the best way possible to make the biggest contribution they can to our prosperity, which in turn allows us to finance social programs and so on. And we're just not really talking about it. We talk about everything but. We, and these are all important topics. We talk about child care. We talk about dental care. We talk about climate change. Very, very important things, not without a tie-in to the economy, but the core fundamentals of how do we attract investment? How do we make sure people will take risk, and we'll come to that because you so correctly identify uh, our companies as being risk-averse. But do you agree with me that we're just not talking about this in the context of how we can sort of do better at being prosperous? Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely agree. Uh, I, I think there's been a lack of focus on long-term growth. And I, I suppose in, in some ways that's understandable that we have you know so many immediate crises from the, the housing crisis to the, the pandemic that we just got out of and so on. Uh, and whenever you're in a crisis that uh, you, your, your focus you know narrows. So we're, we're just, it feels like for the last five years, we've just been trying to make it to Friday and we've kind of lost that long-term focus of, okay, you know, what what do we need to do to put ourselves in a, in a better spot 5, 10, 15 years down the ro road? So, you know, I'm delighted you have me on so we can have that conversation. Well, yeah, and part of it, and I don't want to dump on, I mean, look, I think we have a lot of very capable business people and entrepreneurs and so on in this country, but one of the things you point out, and it's not the first one in the article, but we'll come back to the ones that were first, because I think they actually are more important overall, but this one's not unimportant, namely that we have an incredibly risk-averse nature in our corporate sector, and Canadians in general are risk Risk-averse, but we have an incredibly risk-averse corporate sector, and I think this leads to decisions not to invest in innovation, not to try things, not to, you know, be pioneers out there leading the way, which I think they're doing to a bigger extent and always have in the United States. But I think it's that kind of corporate um, um, caution that is maybe holding us back a bit from creating those value-added jobs and having more inventions, if I can call it that, or innovations that are Canadian-based. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I was pleasantly surprised how much this resonated uh, with particularly small business owners that, you know, I used to uh, about 20 years ago, I, I sold uh, solutions to, to the, the chemical industry, like little process innovations and things like that. And we ended up making more sales in one city, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, than we did in all of Canada. And it was just that we found a difference in mindset that, you know, what we were, we're selling was not that expensive, you know, maybe forty, fifty thousand dollars dollars um, and we found in the United States where we could we could sell these uh, services and the companies would say well, well we'll try it out and you know if it works that's going to be fantastic for us and if it, if it doesn't well you know we can just kind of write it off treat it as a pilot whereas we always found with a lot of our Canadian uh, potential clients that you know if we were going to sell them something for for 40 or fifty thousand dollars they had to be 100 percent convinced that it worked that there was just this uh, lack of trying new things, of being able to um, go, okay, I don't know if this is go going to work, but it's at least give it, give it a shot. So I do notice that there's this difference in corporate culture, and I really do think it's holding us back. And, you know, I, it, it extends as well to even just trying to penetrate a foreign market, foreign, including in this case, the United States of America. I remember when I was mayor, I learned the fairly shocking fact that a very small minority, uh, maybe I think it might have been 10 or 15 percent of all the smaller businesses in Toronto export anything to anybody outside of this country. Like they don't even try to penetrate uh, U.S. markets now. Online's helped a little bit with that. The other thing you identify that is not a criticism of business, but more has to do with government is I'll call it the combo here where you call Call it the suffocating vetocracy, which is you know the, the ability to veto things, the state's seeming inability to get things done. Uh, witness the the crosstown uh, transit line and overlapping jurisdictions. The fact we have these three levels of government, at least sometimes four, uh, who all jostle with one another or send papers and emails back and forth that just inhibit our ability to get things done. And that that is looking again at the positive you said, which we're in great shape overall with great opportunity, but these are some of the things that prevent us from being even greater. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the work I do now is is on the housing crisis, and these three things uh, together really explains why we don't uh, build as many houses as we need to. But it comes up again and again in our work that uh, at the institutes, you know, we do a lot of work on clean energy. We do a lot of work in agriculture, and when I talk to my colleagues, you know, despite the fact that we're looking at what on the surface looks like very different problems. Uh, you know, at the core has the sort of same thing, whether, whether or not you're trying to uh, build a wind farm or an apartment building, you run into these same problems over and over where it's, uh, you know, lack of state capacity to get approvals done. Uh, it's this what we call the suffocating veto <laughs> vetocracy, where you're trying to get a, a, approvals. And it's not only that you're not getting yes, but you're also not getting no, that you're, you're constantly, uh, you know, just trying to navigate a I call it spin cycle. Look, I, I, I mean, I ran a big government, or I, I tried my best to do so, and, and you just couldn't stop, seemingly, the fact that pieces of paper, or in this case now emails, would just go around and around and around the system with people talking to each other in good faith. They're not trying to screw things up, but they're just talking to each other about issues, and they never really come to a resolution and say, well, okay, by Friday we have to say yes, no, or maybe, or yet not maybe, yes, no, or we're going to take a different direction. It just never gets to that. 
Yeah, and, and and that's exactly it. And and so many of the entrepreneurs I talked to said, like, you know, if the answer is no, that's fine. But just, just tell us. Let, just, just tell us instead of spending uh, years on this. And this has been a, a huge issue in the housing market, where um, you know you've got developers who want to put up an apartment building, and they were trying to get these things approved when interest rates were much lower. Now, you know, they finally get those approvals, but the, the project no longer pencils at these higher interest rates. So it's recognizing that uh, these delays uh, create risk, they create costs and prevent us from doing the things that we need to do. Well, I'm glad that you started. We started positive because I think this is a country still of the greatest opportunity anywhere in the world for a whole bunch of different reasons. But I think we've got to get out of our own way in some respects and be prepared to be a little more risk tolerant. But I appreciate you coming on to talk to us this morning, Mike Moffat, who is an economist and founding director of the Place Center at the Smart Prosperity Institute. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you for having me.